Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zentegra Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more. Zentegra Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the Citrix Session. Uh, It's early October, and we're getting going with the fall and really excited about it. Bill Sutton's with me. Bill's the Director of Services. Bill, how's it going? Doing well, Andy. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, you're up in Richmond. How's the uh, how's the weather in Richmond? You enjoying it? Yeah, it's in, yes, very much so. It's very cool during the day and uh, a little bit colder at night, but uh, really makes for a, a nice morning walk. As you know, I spent a lot of time here in the Charlotte area on Lake Norman, and I'm still out, you know, surfing and wakeboarding, and got a windsurfer this weekend. And my favorite time of the year to be out there. Everybody's gone. Everybody's busy watching football, and got the whole lake to myself. I love it. That's great. Um, okay, so with us we have uh, Joe's Augustine. Uh, Joe's is a senior product manager at Citrix, and he recently wrote a blog, um, uh, Tech Preview Power Operations During Local Host Cash, which we're going to jump into what LHC is here in a minute for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, the history there. Uh, but Joe's, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. We, uh, I was actually looking through some of your other blogs and, you know, we have some of these that are a little more marketing related and we have some that are technical, but it looks like you've got a whole set of uh, fairly technical blogs that we might want to revisit some of these other ones with you at some point. Sure. Absolutely. I'd love that opportunity. So Joe's, uh, let's jump into your intro here and how, how do you set this conversation up? Um, so uh, basically what we're trying to accomplish is uh, we had the local host cache, which we, um, I mean, the best, the easiest way to describe that and the way I usually describe it to my customers is that it's the insurance policy. So when you have any reason why your uh, network is down, your cloud service is not available, your, uh, for whatever reason, you have an internet blackout or whatever reason your, your, your connectors from your data center are not able to reach the, uh, the cloud broker, that's when LHC, the piece of LHC comes into play. And it essentially acts like an insurance policy where even though that Citrix broker, which is critical to your launch, is not available. It's not connected, but still you have a fallback mechanism which exists with LHC on your cloud connectors. So, um, I mean, LHC has been out there for, I would say, a good two years now, or maybe more than that, um, especially for our cloud deployments. And we have seen a massive uptick in terms of how customers are deploying um, LHC. Um, so what, what we are trying to accomplish with uh, this tech preview and in general is uh, LHC is popular. It it's, uh, has a lot of usage. So how do we make sure that we can close some of the gaps or how do we make sure that we can keep working on and enhancing the functionality so that for our customers, they can get the uh, the higher resiliency numbers or the higher uptime numbers that they're looking at? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's been a Citrix admin long enough, they've, they've uh, dealt with the, the, the beautiful LHC um, fallback insurance method, like you just talked about in, in the IMA data store concept for many, many years. And then you guys, you guys brought that into the FMA um, somewhere into that product life cycle. And then what you're really talking about here is, is how this can be the, the insurance plan in the Citrix as a service offerings, AKA Citrix cloud uh, for those um, times when, for whatever reason, you can't communicate with the, the cloud service and the data that's you know, resonant there, right? And I, I think I, w- I would like to point out that the, the critical piece for most of our customers and partners is making sure that the end user is able to access their session. So LHC is not so much about your admin. So the admin might still have an outage. They might not be able to get to the director or the studio, but still your end user who has to launch, let's say, an EMR app or a, or a healthcare app or a critical line of business app, they will be able to launch that application as long as that app itself is available, irrespective of what the underlying infrastructure is. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I bet uh, your knowledge of localhost cache goes back 10 or more years. Do you have a favorite story uh, as it relates to localhost cache? Uh, I can't say that I do other than, you know, the, the occasional situation, what, like you said, where a remote office um, or where the database became unavailable and the localhost cache was used in a remote office with a couple of uh, controllers or uh, back in the day, just uh, zone data collectors. Um, so I've, you know, I've had a couple of instances, but it was always, it's always a question customers ask what happens if, um, and if we don't have an answer for that, which we now do, then, uh, then that becomes a challenge. Right. I have some, so, uh, before Citrix, I, I'm pretty much new to Citrix. It's only been two years. I'm coming up on two years now. So before Citrix, I was working for, uh, ed tech company in the, uh, um, in the education technology space, a, a Microsoft partner, et cetera. So I have used Citrix as a customer and being a product manager, our end users were using um, Citrix to deliver our applications. And And I remember at that time, I did not know much Citrix. I was, as I said, I was an end user. I was an advocate trying to push it to our end users. Um, and I know that there were a lot of situations in which the term LHC, our admin team always keeps saying that the LHC kicked into picture and the sessions were safe, but the admins were impacted. So it didn't make any sense to me at that time, but since I joined Citrix and in the last two years, I've been dealing with broker uh, a lot more. So I know, I know the intricacies now and I'm able to appreciate the fact that the fallback mechanism exists. Right. So Joe's, um, in your next section here, the, the title is what is local host cash? I think you're probably going to dig in maybe a little deeper than we have. And, and we also have a, a picture. Uh, it's going to be hard to talk about a picture in a podcast, but let's try to cover, you know, a little deeper dive that you're covering here into local host cash. Um, if you think we still need to. I'm sure. So I think the, the primary, the premise of the entire uh, local host cache or the way it's built is that in a cloud situation, you have the customer has a piece of infrastructure which is running in their their own data centers. Could be Azure, could be their own on-premise data, data centers, wherever it is. But there is a component called Cloud Connector which is running on, on their side. And, and the assumption what we're making is that even if the CVAT service is out, even if there is a network outage, the local cloud connector itself is available and accessible to all the users. So what we've done is we have, uh, the cloud connector does a lot of things, but along with that, it is also doing uh, a broker proxy essentially. Um, So every couple of minutes or every, uh, I think it's now every minute or every two minutes, um, the entire configuration which is in your um, cloud broker, cloud Citrix broker is synced down to the connector itself. So the cloud connector also has a database where all this information is maintained. Um, and basically what happens is anytime there is a connectivity loss, 
that data is fresh enough that it can then start um, serving out user sessions or maintaining user sessions as the case may be. So let me, um, so let me pause you there and ask a couple of questions. So you, you said just now uh, maintaining user connections. Yes, that's, that's true and has been true, right? And then th- does this allow net new connections to happen as well? Absolutely. Um, so in the cloud use case, absolutely. So if you have a user who has not logged in, um, and, and let's say you are nine o'clock in the morning, you are running in outage mode and you come in, um, you will still be able to access um, a session. As long as the VDA is powered on and available, you will still be able to access your, your session. And let's see a couple of things here. I guess we should clarify for people. Typically, there's going to be more than one cloud connector in that data center, kind of an N plus one model. Do all of those cloud connectors sync with the, um, the cloud-based data store or does one sync and then sync with the other two in the data center? Um, no, so all the cloud connectors independently sync down. We call it the config sync service. So all the connectors are running a config sync service, which will sync the information. But when they go into the LHC mode, there is they talk to each other. So if you have a resource location, let's say for uh, cloud connectors, the cloud connectors talk to each other to figure out who becomes the elected, um, who becomes a winner essentially, who becomes who takes over the the brokering capabilities. Because if you have all four of them doing it, then it's it's going to lead to chaos. So yeah. basically, in a resource location, one elected um, secondary broker takes over, and then um, they become the act act like a broker. Yeah. Now this is great. So um, in this scenario, the customer is already using an on-prem gateway or an on-prem storefronts in order to take advantage of the localhost cache, right? If they're coming through the um, gateway as a service entitlement they wouldn't be able to do this, right? Correct. So one of the requirements for this is the fact that they need to have an on-premise storefront and an on-premise networking infrastructure as well available. So that's one of the uh, the flip sides to this, if I can say. Um, and that's where uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there is a, a service continuity feature which just went into tech preview maybe a couple of days back or weeks back, uh, which we internally used to call as Project Shield, uh, which basically takes that limitation away. So you will be able to... Um, perform or provide this kind of resiliency or this kind of uptime or this kind of insurance policy, even without an on-prem storefront um, in the mix. Okay. I don't know who runs that project, but we need to talk to them. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to sync us up with somebody over there, maybe it's yourself. I would, I would love to have that podcast. Oh, absolutely. We can do that. All right. Uh, so you tell me, Joseph, if not uh, appropriate, but I think we're moving on to this next section around power management. Well, before I do that, obviously, uh, Bill does a lot with architecture and our, our consultants. Bill, any comments, questions on this section here? No, the question I had was the one you asked, Andy, which was uh, whether uh, an on-premises net scaler or and or storefront would be required. Um, I'd be very interested to hear how this works when with the new releases or the new tech preview item. Um, to allow this without those on-premises, um, that, that, that would be key uh, for a lot of customers. It would, it would definitely simplify a lot of architecting that we yeah. do to yeah. get around what we talked about here. Hey, Joe, anything else uh, that we didn't cover in this section you want to make sure we get across? Yeah, so I think the, the problem statement is not very clear. Um, so I, I, so localhost cache comes into play, but why do we need power management solution um, is, is a big part of the is a big part of the equation. So uh, the way I describe that is basically if you have um, like for example, if you have single session VDAs. So typically, what happens is a desktop OS is aggressively power managed. So going back to my scenario, let's say nine o'clock in the morning, a user is trying to log in, and for whatever reason, you're running in outage mode. 
in outage mode, there is no availability of the cloud connector or the cloud broker. So the broker itself cannot power up or issue any power actions. So in that case, what happens is the end user's machine is turned off. They are not able to log in. So it's uh, essentially end user downtime or, or lack of productivity at that point. And, and there are similar other situations which exist for, um, let's say, pool, pool desktops as well. So what the power management solution is trying to do or trying to accomplish is basically that even though you have LHC mode, even though you're running in a um, the cloud connector is your broker at that point, but can we add more intelligence to the cloud connector itself that it can now issue power operations as well, along with the brokering capabilities? And then that's what that's the problem that we're trying to solve with the, the power management solution. And does that uh, include talking back to those IaaS services like Azure and AWS, or is that just for the uh, the, the traditional hypervisors, uh, vSphere and Citrix hypervisor? So in our first, so this is the first release. So in our first release, we are depending, uh, we are releasing support for the VMware vSphere and the Citrix hypervisor for now. Um, but uh, depending on the, uh, I mean, Azure is a little more diff- different to deal with. Uh, Azure has its own portal, which um, has its own availability. So we're working on a few other options, which uh, hopefully we will be able to um, uh, provide more details in the coming months in terms of how we are planning to accomplish this with Azure and other workloads as well. Yeah, so now I, our use case was the on-prem data center. If I am a customer, I'm I'm an end user who's sitting in the office. My data center is right next to me, and it is not fair to say that I cannot log into that because there is a network outage somewhere out in the world. Yeah, I would request that you also add Acropolis hypervisor from Nutanix to that list. That would be awesome. We do a lot of a lot of good projects uh, on that front as well. So we have been working with that team as well uh, to find a solution, and uh, hopefully we will have something soon available for. Acropolis as well. Okay. Hey, you've got a couple of bullets here. Do you want to hit through those specifically to make sure we got those out? Um, sure. So uh, at a high level, how this entire power management function works is uh, basically the CVAT service, the cloud broker has uh, connectivity to the hypervisors. Um, and as I mentioned, so we sync down the configurations to the uh, the cloud connector. So along with the regular user uh, configurations, we are also syncing down other parts of the information like uh, which hypervisor, how do we get to the hypervisor, hypervisor settings, et cetera. So essentially the cloud connector now has information to directly reach into the hypervisor as well. Um, so the only time it comes into play is when you're running in an outage mode. So when you're running in an outage mode, local host uh, cache comes into play, LHC comes into play. And at that point, the cloud connector can then start using those cached credentials or that information which has come down from the, the cloud broker and then use that to power up um, the right machines or the right VDS, et cetera, power up, power down, whatever the case may be. Uh, so the way it was built is that it basically works for um, all the power operations that that a typical admin or an end user will will do. So you could be an end user who is going to a storefront and then you're clicking on the power restart button, restart, for example, or launching a session. And if the VDA is actually powered off at that point, the VDA will start, um, the, the LHC uh, power operation will actually kick into place and it will send out a, a power up operation to the um, to the VDA. Um, so uh, I think the bullet points are basically saying that any other operations which you have configured, like for example, if you have restart schedules which have been configured, or if you have any auto scale settings which have been configured, so all those settings will still be respected. So for the VDA itself or for the end user, for the site itself, um, it will behave as though you are working in normal situations. There is absolutely going to be no power operations which are denied because you're not. So the ultimate result for the end users, they get the service they were looking for. 
uh, and the admins don't have to build in their own extra special redundancy, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my, uh, my experience prior to Citrix where I was the end user. And um, I think back in my, my older company, we used to say that Citrix is basically, we used to call that as a last mile plumbing. No matter how great our foundation is, no matter how great my, uh, my application is, unless the last mile plumbing is well taken care of, we will definitely have leaks or a degraded um, experience with the end user. So uh, for us, basically, we are, what we're trying to do is we're trying to take care of that last mile um, as, as best as we can. And, and with this, basically, what we're saying is even if you have, um, even if you are uh, cost conscious or, or uh, even if you are configured for an optimum utilization of your resources with optimum power management technologies, we will still be able to power up and power off your, your uh, infrastructure no matter how. Um, the cloud is behaving at any point of time. Yeah, I mean that's one of the that's one of the main benefits of as a service, right? They, in theory, a service is going to provide you what you're looking for and provide you a bunch of um, uh, fallbacks and insurance against their service going offline. And Citrix continues to you know evolve that and and add pieces like this that make um, make more and more of us more comfortable with using the product as a service versus our our old days of building it all ourselves. Okay, hey, Bill. Uh, any uh, additional thoughts on this side of the con- part of the conversation? Um, not really. I did have a question about the earlier conversation I wanted to ask Jose, and that is, uh, I noticed in here it makes mention of assigned VDIs. Does this work with the non-persistent, uh, you know, VDIs that that are that are assigned on? You know, the user logs in. And there's a pool of desktops running. Does it work with those as well? It works with pool desktops as well. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay, great. And I think and that's, that, was that was one of the main use cases. Yeah, because because the pool desktops have got the concept of uh, the what we call as tainting the VM. Like once the once the user has logged off, we have to reset the disk before they come back in. And right. and so basically, with the power management solution that's there, all that's taken care of. Okay, great. Because I think there was a limitation in that regard relative to LHC for a while. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Joe, I'm getting ahead of myself here, and, and we talked about the other project uh, that we you guys have that allows you to not have to use the uh, the gateway as a or enables you to use the gateway as a service uh, and the storefront as a service concepts. I have a, a quick question for you on that. If are you guys architecting so that that is a separate uh, resource location from what the Citrix uh, cloud control planes are going on, so that they're independent of each other? Um, I'm just kind of curious, and if you can't tell me the answer, that's fine, but you know, my brain was kind of spinning around that one. So that project is basically trying to address, I mean, it's, it's still within the resource location concept. So what, what it tries to do is basically give more resiliency for our workspace component. So today, storefront is required for LHC, which is an extra infrastructure which a customer has to main, manage and maintain on-prem. We're trying to take that dependency away. So if you have workspace, if you're a true workspace user um, or, a, or a consumer, um, even if there is an outage on the workspace side, your internet blackout happens or whatever reason happens, your workspace is still working. And essentially, um, in a nutshell, how it works is basically by making your, uh, your workspace app, your receiver, stateful. So it has... Um, a long-term lease. It knows what VDS to connect to, which gateway to go through, and then based on that, it can um, it can automatically do the magic, even if there is no connectivity outside. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, we've come to the end of this blog. Um, Joe's anything else you want to cover as it relates to this, or maybe any other topics that uh, while you have the while you have the microphone, you can get a, get out there. 
Um, I mean, yeah, we are uh, on, on the Citrix. So I, I work a lot on the broker and the CVAT service uh, uh, scaling side of things. So we are continuing to see a lot of interest on the Citrix cloud, uh, specifically on the Citrix virtual apps and desktop service. So if there is, um, like you you work with uh, a lot of our partners and a lot of our customers. So um, if there's anything on the field that you see specific to a CVAT service um, issue or something that we can improve on, um, that's that's awesome feedback. If, if I can get any of that, that'll be, that'll be very good for us. Well, you, you hit a major topic today on enabling the redundancy while still using the gateway as a service concept. That's the big challenge I've had for a couple of years now in fully getting on board with, you know, Citrix cloud as a service, Citrix virtual app and desktop as a service, you name it. Uh, you guys, you guys help us see where that one's solved. And, and now we've got the likelihood that almost everything Citrix a customer needs can be delivered as a service and they don't have to piecemeal it. Um, you guys add in the ability to do a little bit more custom branding on the, uh, you know, the workspace landing page and yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm happy that all those things are already under consideration. So that's <laughs> great. It, it, I'm glad that there are no surprises there. Well, give me an hour to think about it. I'll, I'll email you back. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for joining us. And uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, you've got several blogs out here. We'll probably have you back and keep an eye on what you're doing. I, I love it when we get under the, under the hood here and get a little, little more technical from one week to another. This is great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Bill, anything else before we let everybody go? No, sir. Thank you, Joe, for, uh, for, for participating with us today. Sure thing. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at info at Zentegra.com. Please head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC. Thank you.